Welcome in and welcome all to another edition of The Legacy Rides. We got a, another special guest. Every one of our guests are always special, ain't that right, Andrew? So another That's special right. guest. Uh, this one, uh, you can follow her on X at Sandra Agora. Uh, fantastic follow, by the way. Uh, fantastic videos, too, when she releases like everything that she does in her daily life with her and her family. So the real agoristic lifestyle, let's just put it that way. So self-sustainability. So and uh, that's why we brought you on, and that's why we want to we want to ca- capture that perspective on uh, agorism and practice. So, uh, but before that, you know, I got to do the plugs, so Andrew. Let's get the why plugs not? out. Why not? Why not? So, uh, FanghornForesters.com uh, for all your woodworking needs and necessities: bowls, cutting boards, coasters, uh, any little knickknack like that. My cousin can do it, and uh, on top of that, he, he can split your wood for you and, and do some millwork. I mean, he'll go to you. So he'll go to you even for some uh, some real work if you need to. So fanghornforesters.com, Fanghorn like the leader of the ends from Lord of the Rings. Uh, we are in, so fanghornforesters.com. Uh, another thing, let's, uh, let's pledge this one out, though, Andrew. Uh, you want to join community. You want to join something where you get more than just your normal everyday bullshit shenanigans on Twitter or Facebook or wherever you're on your socials, uh, drop it down in the show notes, go to telegram, a taco sauce. Uh, it'll be in the show notes, but go to a taco sauce. I believe it's t.me slash a taco sauce for memes from politics to, to economics, to psychology, philosophy, and, uh, even recipes. Or you know, Andrew's right. doing that. Recipe Wednesdays is what we're calling it. So you'll get a list of different recipes you can that he finds on the on the interwebs. So uh, and then uh, with that, uh, if you want more than just a podcast, um, just perspective pieces and a little bit of story um, that just delves into my own mind, uh, you can pledge over on the Legacy Right official Substack. That's LegacyRight.substack.com. Um, and uh, you can you can subscribe for free or uh, pledge for $5 a month. Help us out. Help us build this. Because uh, uh, anything that you would pledge is going to go right back into this podcast and try to make this movement a reality. But, uh, but yeah, let's let's get to the show. So uh, I am the legacy of Jennifer and Kaiser. I am Zachary Kaiser. Buck Isaac, as Andrew would refer. This is Andrew Joseph. And... Uh, like to welcome Sandra Gora uh, to the show. How are you doing today, or tonight, rather? For for me, it's almost dark. Same for yeah. Andrew. <laughs> uh, I'm doing great this afternoon over here. Um, I'm down at my family's farm, so I, I normally live in northern Oregon. My family has a farm down in southern Oregon, so I'll come down here and, and help them out with stuff sometimes and train interns. So I'm doing great. This sounds so good. Didn't you said Oregon, so are there? I, I've been really getting into getting back into my uh, my Bigfoot encrypted face as of recently. Oh, yeah. Any sightings or any 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 of the like with Bigfoot down there? You know that I feel like uh, you know Oregon has a bit of that, but it's very Washington, mm. Washington Gorge area. Like they go nuts mm-hmm. over there for that. I feel like I run into less people over here with Bigfoot. 
I'm sure. I mean, they're everywhere. There's, there's def, they're definitely everywhere. They're, they're seen in every place, or at least the, the aspect of them everywhere. Broken trees, footprints, but yeah, something many, weird, something weird in the woods around here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It is a Washington thing, though. Like I forget what the 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 Patterson videos came out of Washington. So uh, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, even today, it was done in the seventies, and it it's just clear cut and yeah it's just amazing that they were able to catch something like that and here we are got our smartphones can't even catch anything right got camera pocket so yeah i mean it's like that time like you see something freaky in the sky you know you see a light moving around in a way it's not supposed to and you go out to record and you can't capture it Mm -hmm. hundred times zoom yeah you know Sounds sounds like a, it's either aliens or a government conspiracy. So, I, I prefer the aliens. Yeah. They just don't seem so. But uh, fascinating. Uh, Oregon, you own so your family owns farm. Um, you have your own farm. So tell me, like, um, what is what what is it? Uh, everyday life, just running a farm, maintaining it. Um, well, so I don't personally own a farm. I'm working on a friend's farm as their animal manager right now where I live. Um, but as far as the day-to-day with my folks farm, which is like a Mm -hmm. production level farm, they're serving Mm -hmm. like almost, I think 600 families across Oregon right now. Um, they are one of the largest raw dairies in Oregon. Um, so, I mean, so when you're a raw dairy that takes up, you know, that precedent, Mm-hmm. yeah you have no, your milking in the morning you have your milking at night right now they're only milking about 16 cows um mm-hmm. but they have a bunch of pregnant cows that are going to be um calving soon and so it'll it'll go up for sure um but that's like two hours in the morning two hours in the evening and then feeding all the hogs and the chickens and they're actually doing a really cool um meat chicken uh production right now so that they can incubate the eggs from these these meat chickens and then mm-hmm. sell chicks become a chick provider uh that are unvaccinated because people yeah. are trying to find meat chickens that are unvaccinated and you can't buy them from any of the hatcheries anymore mm-hmm. uh, so people really want that so anyways we're feeding all of that and then you have like a huge chunk of time in the middle of the day mm-hmm. um, yeah. for products which is like fixing pig pens pigs need to constantly move to new areas so you have to mm-hmm. like them the next area you have to check fences um we're trying to move the boar into a, a better place because he's become a little ornery uh so we don't mm-hmm. want him getting out and mm-hmm. it's just you know a lot of times it is like controlled chaos especially mm-hmm. when you're dealing with animals so you're you're kind of putting out fires all the time but trying to like build for the future at the same time yeah. but mm-hmm. you do the best you can and it also depends on how many hands you have you know if you're if you're short on oh, hands yeah. then things slow up a little bit mm-hmm. yeah that's i mean that's fascinating on just how busy i mean you constantly are it's it seems like it's just never ending like it's always something for the most if you, part if you have enough people and you do things right, then there is a, uh, Joel Salatin talks about this and he's like a farming guru, amazing mm-hmm. person, um, that at the height of summer, when it's unbearably hot out, you should have everything wrapped up to the point where you can have downtime and mm-hmm. that's yeah. family time, that's working on projects in the house or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And then also um, after the fall harvest in the deepest part of winter, you also have downtime. And if oh, you yeah. don't get that, it definitely does wear on you. So mm -hmm. always got to find some some peace of mind in some case. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, it's it's but at the same time, it just it sounds like it's just better to be active, period. So that way you don't have everything like weighing down on you, like real life in your mind, like, oh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, but, I mean, it's too focused on the real life too. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, like you know, mm -hmm. birth and mud and like, mm -hmm. like it's. I, I think it's an essential part of the human condition that we're mostly missing out on because mm -hmm. yeah. there's all these problems in the world that are very interesting to focus on and legitimate, mm -hmm. but they be that you end up looking at them through a different lens when you're dealing mm -hmm. with real life stop happening yeah 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 so it's just like everything that goes on you, you said controlled chaos so like it's controlled chaos within your own realm and then it's controlled chaos on the out realm sometimes you got to pick and choose what chaos do you want it's like yeah mm -hmm. that's a good way to put it you know it's mm -hmm. like oh everything is falling apart out in the world right now but mm -hmm. i can put this fence like i think mm -hmm. pigs in like mm -hmm. I can harvest food, I can butcher this cow. Mm -hmm. I can heal this animal. Yeah. Now, I can't mm -hmm. solve the world's problems. What can I do for me and my community right now? Mm -hmm. And some would say that's how you solve the world's problems is focus on you and your family and your community. Maybe, yeah. Like the, and maybe the world has to burn just in order for like things to become more simpler i guess i mean yeah. and it's never going to be simple i mean yeah, so the more the, the more you can automate the more problems come up that require more automation so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and like finding ways to become more efficient at all times um yeah. conserve, conserve your energy and automation has a big role to play with that um there's a, an amazing account I follow. Um, he's got, um, I'm going to butcher it. I live, live to farm live, live farm.org Lewis Getterman on X. Um, he's all about into the integration of technology with this kind of more primitive way of living. Cause I go, mm -hmm, yeah. I was, I was telling him the other day, like the pendulum swings both ways. Mm -hmm. We've gone so far away from our natural way of being and, and, and become so dependent on all these systems that we've created with our super amazing human minds mm -hmm. um, that cause like a lot of issues the farther we get away from what makes us human. That mm -hmm. you know, for me, the pendulum is swinging the other way where it's like, I want to reject everything. I want to reject mm -hmm. all technology. Like I want to use a wagon and horses. Like I don't want to depend on the system at all. And then mm -hmm. there's old people like Lewis who are like, hey, like there is this really cool integration that can happen with technology. We just need to mm -hmm. utilize it. It's going to be used against us if we don't use it. So I'm, I'm learning a lot from my conversations with him. And I, I think that's an avenue that definitely needs to be explored. And, and his website, if you want to check it out again, is live, livefarm.org or livefarm.org. I think so. I I might have to plug it later but his I'm looking it up right now because I feel bad for plugging him and, and not doing it correctly one Lewis I mean his his if you go to his Twitter which is well that's easy uh, easy uh, at 
L-T-G-I-V. And then the oh. links for www.livefarm, live farm is on there. Anyways. I'll, yeah, and yeah. I'll drop show notes too. So when we go review this, so that way anybody can go check it out. Cause yeah. Oh. Cause I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's, it's, that's how you learn. Like it's mm -hmm. great to follow accounts like that or find, I mean, the internet's wonderful. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's grab, it's gravitated like larger communities of people. Oh, there's drawbacks. Yeah. I mean, you can meet so many different people that you would never even thought in your life that you would have met them. Like somebody 3000 miles away, never would have dreamed of being able to interact with them. And then next thing you know, you're zooming people or you're following people on X. I mean, and just communicating and then you're building a base. I mean, so, I mean, technology is great and we get, I mean, you just have to innovate with it. You can't forget that you got other things going on. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one of the things that makes us rise above other species, mm -hmm. our ability mm -hmm. to innovate and adapt. Mm -hmm. And so there is this technology out of there. Like, let, let's use it. Like I, I got on X, I think in 2021, mm -hmm. I only started using it this last July and I mm -hmm. like, yeah. somehow cultivated this super amazing community. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know how I have an overall, like 99% of the time, positive experience on X, mm -hmm. but I, I found this really great echo chamber, you know, that I'm constantly trying to break though. Uh, mm -hmm. but it's been really positive and I've yeah, made all these connections with people all around the, the country and the world that are interested in the same things and trying to do the same thing and and that's one of my big motivators is trying to network and connect people with each other because you could have the most amazing operation all by yourself in the middle of nowhere and mm -hmm. if things don't work out very well you're you're a sitting duck you know you yeah have, you have to connect we we're, we're not meant to go it alone we have yeah. to have well, speaking of sitting ducks, as we're talking about this, that I remember seeing a couple years ago uh, in the cryptosphere, there was some people who had live streamed their chicken coop, and they would every time somebody would send them a payment, they they release a little food to the chicken, and it was kind of it was kind of wild to watch. So, what? yeah, I don't, I just, yeah, I don't know. Would they you know, not? Unless people well, no, no. I mean, like they feed them, but like every time someone would send them a payment, they would feed them, uh, you give them a little extra food. What? Yeah, give a little bonus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. kind of amazing. I've joked about um, instead of OnlyFans, we should have Only Farms, and oh, just yeah. people, you know, video content of people doing like farm stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but, you no, know, no. making yeah. money doing farm stuff. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be fast. As somebody running running the Reaper right, right there in the background. <laughs> Feeding the chicken, you know, mm -hmm. we're just hitting, smashing that button. Yeah, <laughs> for, for more, for more content, right? Instead of this, yeah. this OnlyFans. Oh, although, although from what I've heard, I mean, I guess there's more to OnlyFans than than I guess the porn aspect that it's become known for. I guess, but sure. it, the, that's the problem. Is is like it? it we've become so. I don't know. We've been we've become so timid as a culture that that is what gets everybody off. <laughs> when in reality, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there should be more of a drive. And it's, yeah. Well, it's comfort. Yeah. Mm. You know, we can complain all day about how, like, messed up America is and, and where it's going. We're so comfortable. We're so comfortable, though. Like, I'm complaining about having to, like, register my vehicle while mm -hmm. I have a vehicle to drive around. And I have, you know, I, I if I need to go get food, I can get food. And uh, we're so comfortable and, and, and pampered. And and that's the dangerous mm -hmm. thing, you know? Yeah, yeah it is. What's that quote? I, I actually don't know who made the quote, but the soft men create hard times or weak men create hard times, hard mm -hmm. times, strong, yeah. hard men, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I, I truly think that we are at the time of, of really good times. Um, mm -hmm. and, and generally, like, weak people weak men and uh and it's great and it's like it's hard to make a big fuss about things because mm -hmm. is it that bad like maybe it's not like maybe mm -hmm. it's not time to like make a really big fuss and then oh it happened to us and we didn't make a fuss and mm -hmm. so yeah like people being comfortable of course they want to sit in front of their laptop on only fans you know mm -hmm. ordering takeout mm -hmm. that. yeah Ooh, why not yeah, or YouTube and a YouTube and a podcast series, or or funny or adorable cats. So yeah, I mean, I get stuck on YouTube Shorts. I mean, it's mostly like jujitsu. I've really curated my YouTube Shorts. I'm very careful. It's like gun mm -hmm. stuff, farming stuff, jujitsu. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I have a friend that diversifies each account as one specific topic. So. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta be careful with how the algorithm will send you. They'll like throw mm -hmm. stuff at me, being like, "Watch this." Yeah. I'm like, "I will not." <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have uh, my shorts are kind of all over the place, and I think it's because I stick to like Red Dead Redemption short videos of people yeah. playing those games, and then a bunch of cop little cop audit videos. Well, I have cop that, audit videos. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. I'm like, this is fine. You know? <laughs> yeah, but then all of a sudden you get. You just get that random, like, I don't know, that random cat video or somebody yeah. doing some silly little dance. It's like, how is this? What? Yeah. I mean, funny. <laughs> Sometimes I catch myself watching it. I'm like, you know, watching it. And then I'm like, no, no, no what have I done? You know, I trapped me. Mm -hmm. It's too late. Now I want a cat. It's amazing what you can learn with YouTube shorts, though. It's like, if I want to sit down and educate my kids about the world or current affairs, mm -hmm. I'll just, like, sit with me while we scroll through these YouTube shorts, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. learn about jujitsu, you know, and then mm -hmm. next thing you know, it's like the history of, you know, American, some weird side story, American Revolution. And, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it's pretty cool. It seems pretty harmless, but... That's a... It seems pretty harmless, but then... It's shrinking our attention span, sadly. But oh, I mean, the, I mean, but the shorts are are great. I remember before my mom passed, she was getting into the TikToks, and there were certain things that she ended up going and expanding further because they have like YouTube series. I mean, yeah. there, she she'd find recipes on TikTok that people would talk about. She followed actually, she followed a bunch of people that did TikToks for farmers. <laughs> speaking of farms and um she uh we learned uh what is it what is his name he wears the ball cap he does the uh i have called drawn a drawn a blank but he does stories of like different 
histories into like the weird and the unknown, Mr. Ballin. So Mr. Ballin's uh, fantastic, but learn from him through like TikTok. And then he has his own podcast and YouTube and he just goes through like different, he brilliant storyteller, but different histories of like different crimes and weird and strange happenings that have occurred in the history of humankind. So there's yeah. a lot, a lot of things that you can find. Attention spans a real thing. Like I've noticed that mm -hmm. with Twitter. Um, like I have been, I, I like to post videos. I also post them to my YouTube, but it's just not, it's just not, not the same engagement. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I, you know, and if I write something that's super wordy, then it doesn't get very good engagement because people can't read. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. if I just write like a sentence of something that seems really basic to me and I just want to mm -hmm. say it, then it then it goes off, you know, or an mm -hmm. image. Um, yeah. Because that's, that's where we're at. You know, we have like three generations now mm -hmm. with, with this sort of like immediate technology response. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, it's amazing that a meme can take off like that. But I mean, it really there is a thing. Mm -hmm. Powerful but, imagery. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the that's if you want to get a message out, that's the way to do it. But I mean, it's still very harmful because nobody's able to gravitate towards anything else anymore. I mean, mm -hmm. we're like you said, we've gotten comfortable and. And we just want short, sweet, and to the point for anymore. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you leave, if you read like the brochures and the missives that were sent out like during the time of the revolution, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and they would send out these pamphlets to the people to inform them what's going on, you know, and like Thomas mm -hmm. painting, et cetera. And mm -hmm. like I'm trying to read that, and I'm like, you know, I, mm -hmm. it, it's so wordy and deep and there's so much philosophy injected and like, you know, referring to other like famous works by other philosophers and, and people, people would read this. This was their tabloid. Mm -hmm. They would read this and understand it and like be able to engage with it. And nowadays it's like, I have to just make like a cartoon. Yeah. And they're like, mm -hmm. we did it, you know, that's really a little bit of context. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, it, I I do miss. Uh, I don't know. Academia is is really cool. Um, I think there I think there's some really great things about academia if you can get in there and discuss it, philosophize, and debate with each other. Mm -hmm. It's not great for trying to reach a wider audience, and mm -hmm. but I've also given up a long time ago on trying to save everyone. Yeah, not my yeah. that's mm -hmm. not my battle. Who wants to read tomes on their days off, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, radical self-reliance, you know, and then mm -hmm. find people that are doing the same thing. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of self-reliance self and, and sustainability, what uh, what's your take on how to gravitate towards... Um, I had it better in my mind, the question... Um, what is your what do you think is the easiest way for someone to get started into trying to be more self-reliant uh in their everyday life say they just live in like a little apartment what can they do inside their apartment um just to do little things like from growing just maybe some spices to something 
Okay. Um, that's a good question. Okay. So if you live in an apartment, you can't really, uh, so you have to focus. You're not, you're not going to be able to provide for yourself, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. So you have to rely on other people. So you have to rely on the relationships that you're going to make with people who actually are able to do the things that you need. So you yeah. need to have something to offer and mm -hmm. it really could be anything. And so this is where people are like, but I don't want to become a farmer. It's like, you don't have to become a farmer, but you do have to mm -hmm. become self-reliant um, and then inter-reliant with a community that appreciates you and there's uh, reciprocity. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, you're in an apartment, but like, what do you do? Like, what's your mm -hmm. job? Okay. Like you work in tech. You know, there's a lot of ways that that could be transferred to people, especially in farms who are usually uh, disadvantaged in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. or, you know, you, you're a stay at home mom in an apartment and, you know, you have a lot of time on your hands and you're just there at home. It's like, what, you know, what's your passion? Like, do you want to knit? You want to like make stuff? Like, honestly, it's literally like find a niche that people need Mm -hmm. and exploit that and get it to people that need it and then and then barter it's you know you focus on your number one thing which is food if you have food security you're good to mm -hmm. go on everything if you can feed yourself and your family you can probably withstand a war it's far yeah. more valuable than bullets mm -hmm. guns if you have food these are these are logistics that people don't think about they're like i bought mm -hmm. I have like 75 guns and a whole bunch of ammo. Mm -hmm. like that. so everyone should have that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, do you have comms? Do you have water? Do you have food? Where are you going to go? You're stuck in the city. How are you going to get all your guns out in the first place? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, do you have a relationship with a farm that is going to, uh, you know, they already know you and they trust you. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to take you in. And then you have something to offer them in exchange for you eating their food, you know? So, so think about things that you can create and you can do or skills that you can increase that are valuable to other people. Listen, some people are going to have to get rid of that year supply of toilet paper eventually. Yeah, there you go. I got so much toilet paper. <laughs> Let Search me know your farm. I will share. And that that be that be such a high commodity that might just turn yeah into, like stockpile <laughs> stockpile cigarettes mm -hmm. kind of like like and a hand mm -hmm. sanitizer yeah whiskey like you're mm -hmm. good for, so if you live in an apartment and you don't know what to do just start buying whiskey and yeah. cigarettes and yeah. you're fine but no as, as far as like self reliance like honestly if you're in an apartment in the city then you need to be working every day all day towards getting yourself out of that situation mm -hmm. if, 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 and, and they would already know like if you're already mm -hmm. thinking about that you would already know that this is not this is not gonna this is not fit into the goal mm -hmm. um but a lot of it is just getting out there and making yourself uncomfortable and meeting people and going to farms you know a, a great way to start because people are always asking me well, how do we find farms? Like I live here. How do I connect with the farm? And I always say, just go to realmilk.com and they mm. have a raw milk finder and you don't need to be into drinking raw milk. It, it's not mm. about that. It's that these people that are producing this very regulated, pretty illegal, depending on the state, uh, food, mm -hmm. uh, 
they're already kind of going to be on the same wavelength as you. And so mm -hmm. and they're probably producing a lot of other stuff or they know other people. So at least like start there, you mm -hmm. know, and, and secure your food. And if you don't have money for it, a lot of these farms want labor. They want volunteers. They want help mm -hmm. like go there or they have an internship program. Awesome. Go live there for three months, bring your families, you know, learn all these skills and then apply it somewhere else. Well, let me ask you something. Uh, I don't know, about a year, year and a half ago, there was a TikTok trend of people destroying uh, farm products like milk and stuff like that. Do you know anything about that? What, like, give me some context about that. What? Like, what? They, like they were they, just... they were they were being instructed by the government to destroy destroy oh, food and stuff like that. That was I a don't year know ago. That's legitimate. I, I think that was yeah. about a year and a half ago. That's yeah. interesting. Um, I mean, the war on on real food has been going on for fifty plus years. Um, when I when we when we first started this whole endeavor, it was about twelve years ago that we moved out to this farm. And right before that, we started drinking raw milk and we just kind of went down a rabbit hole. Um, and and we were hearing all sorts of stories about, yeah, like it's a felony if I sell raw milk in Oregon to someone in Idaho and transport it to them. It's a felony. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so there are stories about, oh, what was one of them? Um, raw, there is a famous, there's a famous farm raid Rawsome, raw, okay, awesome farms. They got raided for their raw milk a long time ago, and then yeah, there's videos from a long time mm -hmm. ago of trucks being pulled over on the side of the road by staters, then having mm -hmm. to grab all the milk on the side of the road. So it's cool that it was a TikTok trend a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, I wish people would pay more attention to this. A, a good friend of my family. Uh, Mark Baker. He's with Mark Baker's Green Acres. Mm. I always get it wrong. He's in Wisconsin or Michigan. Yeah. Um, but he he had an embargo from the government on his farm where they blocked him from receiving feed because they wanted him to shut down his operations because they decided that his uh, very heritage breed of hogs called Mangalitsas mm. uh, were feral and they needed to be exterminated. And he's yeah. like, no, these are my pigs. This is what I raise. This is my livelihood. And it's yeah. this whole crazy story. Um, I it, it's completely wild. The community step, stepped in to help him. He eventually won, but they were really trying to crush him. So yeah, the, the mm -hmm. war on real food is a very it's a really big thing that a lot of people don't pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it goes back to going to policy and history and it really goes back to teddy roosevelt's uh war against uh the smaller farms and the smaller uh food production and slaughterhouses um yep. and the founding of the, the food and the first the the first established food and drug i forget exactly what it was called then but the food and drug act of like 19 what was it 1908 1907 08 something like that yeah, and the creation of the USDA mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. and and pasteurization, which is such a mm -hmm. wild story. Mm -hmm. uh, why we pasteurize all of our milk? Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is basically to cover up human error in the city because mm -hmm. we're in the industrial revolution, right? Like, so you like yeah. the industrial revolution, you know, everything's you know 
industrialized mm-hmm. and, and they're like let's let's do this with let's mass produce milk from cows mm-hmm. uh we mm-hmm. have all distilleries you know and we have all have spent grain from the distilleries in these big buildings uh let's put the cows in the basement and we'll put them in the dark standing in their own filth and feed them these spent grains from the distillery and then we'll mm-hmm. sell the milk it's gonna be awesome yeah <laughs> and, mm-hmm. And everyone gets tuberculosis. Like everyone yeah. is sick. Yeah. Seriously, so the milk, they had to add calcium, like chalk, chalk powder to it to make it white because it was blue. Mm-hmm. Everyone oh, has tuber- tuberculosis. Everyone is sick. It's an epidemic. Mm-hmm. But in the countryside where they're not doing this crazy stuff, everyone's fine. There's no yeah. TB. There's no mm-hmm. illness. Everyone's totally fine. Raw milk. Mm-hmm. And so then Louis Pasteur pasteurization comes in and mm-hmm. he's like he, I, I forgot what experiment he was doing but he realized oh I can just superheat the milk and that solves the problem yay awesome mm-hmm. yeah. and that solved the problem without ever talking about the issue was what humans did that was stupid in the first place like directly yeah. interfering with nature trying to industrialize mm-hmm. things that we're not supposed to mm-hmm. yeah. no I mean it, it's fascinating with pasteurization I mean you can do that really just on your own i mean if you really want pasteurized milk get then find somebody find a dairy farmer or somebody who sells uh raw milk and buy it and pasteurize it yourself if you like that way you take the middle you take the middleman out the usda out you take you take the supermarket responsibility Mm -hmm. if you're worried about salmonella or whatever Mm -hmm. don't Mm -hmm. raw meat cook your Mm -hmm. thing to death that's your Mm -hmm. choice you know, yeah. restaurants are actually doing that really well. They're like, mm-hmm. this is raw. You're, you know, if, if you eat this, here's a disclaimer, you might get sick. Mm-hmm. That's working really well. Mm-hmm. Why Why does, you know, Thomas Massey is producing, uh, introducing the Prime Act, mm-hmm. you know, which I, I was pretty oppositional to at first because I'm just anti new laws being created to help us do things that we should already be allowed to do anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have some things to say about it, but you know, I'm kind of I'm a, I'm okay with it at this point. Um, as far as senators go, I like Massey. Um, but no, he, he's he's doing his his he's actually doing his part, I guess, in Washington. He owns his own farm too, so he kind of understands it, I guess. So it's just the law aspect. <laughs> we need more laws, right? Like <laughs> but he was saying like the Prime mm-hmm. Act, and and I was mm-hmm. like. Yeah, like, what about, like, dude, like, just abolish the USDA. Like, can mm-hmm. you just write a, a mm-hmm. bill that says, let's get rid of this? Like, I would mm-hmm. totally support that. Like, I understand what you're trying to do. You're trying to minimize the damage that this out-of-control agency is already doing. But why mm-hmm. don't we just, like, why do we need it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't. they have these, these narrow views for these very specific problems and apply them universally across the country. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean... It's like uh, back in mm-hmm. back during the FDR administration, the, the Gajekta brothers, I think that's how it's pronounced, uh, they actually filed a lawsuit against the USDA because they were trying to force them uh, to process uh, process their food in a specific way that went against their religious views. So, mm-hmm. which then jumps into another unconstitutional ordeal. I mean, with your First Amendment. I mean, mean, that's what really radicalized me. Like, I didn't really think about politics when I first moved to my 
when my family first bought this farm back in 2012, yeah. 2011, um, I didn't really think about politics. Like it's just mm -hmm. radar. I didn't care. Um, but then I, you know, very quickly realized in operating a small farm that it was illegal for me to sell a ham to my neighbor. And I was mm -hmm. like, there's that, that, that's kind of what pushed me and being like, oh, I'm a libertarian. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, yeah. you know, Republicans don't seem to have issues with this either, you know, mm -hmm. or the Democrat. And I was like, oh, like I, I should just take its personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. I will tell people like I, I tell people all the time it's like you want raw milk that's awesome go to the farm that you want to buy raw milk from and check it out yourself like my family's mm -hmm. farm has an open door policy yeah. if you want to buy products from us come here see the process see the milking process and then and then buy from us um you that why wouldn't you go look at what like mm -hmm. Most of the food in the grocery store, if you went to where that was produced, you'd be disgusted. You would oh, never. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah. Well, that's that's so funny that you mentioned that. My brother, actually, he's a vegetarian now for a reason, because he actually, while he was in law school, he was doing a uh, thesis I, uh, on the meatpacking industry and slaughterhouses and what they do and the and from what he researched and what he saw um, watching documentary i mean just acknowledging that and the 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 inhumane condition these animals are treated as well as the uh disgusting conditions that a lot of these places are he doesn't eat he hasn't eaten meat since oh he's 30 now he'll be 31 in january he hasn't eaten meat since he was 20 20 21 yeah, about 10 years he hasn't eaten meat because of that Oh, that's real conviction you know but mm -hmm. i also like this is like my conspiracy theory is that they they play off of that you know mm -hmm. so but let's take something that's really good mm -hmm. like meat production uh and, and the nutrient benefit you get from eating meat mm -hmm. and let's make it so bad that if you're a really good thoughtful person that you can't do anything but reject it like we're mm -hmm. gonna these CAFOs and we're going to make it so inhumane and make the food mm -hmm. so bad for you that yeah anyone in the right mind would look at that and be like yeah that's not for me that that's a bad mm -hmm. thing you know especially people who mm -hmm. are, are compassionate or are thoughtful or are like digging deeper and thinking about things like this so mm -hmm. then those people of course they reject it completely they're like well I don't want anything to do with that that's obviously horrible yes mm -hmm. If my only option for meat was CAFOs and factory farms, then I would probably be a vegetarian too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not my only option. And this is the argument I get in with vegetarians and vegans, not very often, but um, that, there, that there is an alternative. There is a middle, yeah. middle ground that no one wants us to explore. Because um, if, if, if you want to argue the health benefits of meat, and, and dairy with me I'll, I'll do that all day mm -hmm. if you're talking about ethics and uh your moral standing you know that, that's up to you that's not mm -hmm. my problem i i can argue it a bit um because i am a part of this holistic relationship with these animals mm -hmm. but at the end of the day that that's up to you mm -hmm. that was yeah i was gonna say like where i get my meat from i i go i'll stay small definitely for the meat and i'll go to like the local iga store just 
15 miles away from me because I know that their store still goes up and still gets the meat, gets all their beef and, and chickens from the local farms around the area that I live in. Yeah. And I know that just from looking, from living in the area most of my life and yeah. then actually just looking more into it. I was like, no, I'll go to, I'll go to Rising Sun ICA, Walmart, Kroger. No, sorry. No, Even all chickens from China. Yeah. Right. Of, That's yeah, I've heard most... a lot about that. The, Where they, they, that's the big problem the chicken is actually no, no. so the chickens produced here mm -hmm. they ship the dead chickens to china uh, yeah. to process and then they ship them back so then you have yeah then you have all that because you're shipping them back and forth like just think of how like all of the bacteria that's growing doing well, all that's that. how they get the pneumonia baths mm-hmm Honestly, salmonella is probably better for you than like the stuff they treat them with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I'd rather have salmonella than uh, drop dead from ammonia poisoning. <laughs> so, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we just got to break that cycle, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, I. I, I, and I try not to be judgmental. I have been in the past very high and mighty, like on my pedestal about you should eat this and this is what you should be doing. And if you're not, then, you know, you're stupid. And, and I've gotten a lot calmer about it. Like I, you know, I'll eat out. I don't mm -hmm. know what I'm eating, but I, I'm, I'm out. And I didn't prepare. And you know what? The human body is an amazing filter. Mm -hmm. and I'm just doing the best I can making the impact that I can in my mm -hmm. community and trying to educate people so mm -hmm. that's all yeah. I can do if people come to me I'm not going to go out there and stand on my soapbox and lecture everyone about how mm -hmm. they should be living their life um, I'm doing the best that I can and if people come to me and ask me things then I will impart whatever I can to them um, but at the same time it's like we're human beings just trying to figure it out and a lot mm -hmm. of us, honestly, are NPCs that don't want to figure it out, and we're never going to. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Like it sucks, but if you wake up, like come find me. Mm -hmm. That makes yeah, that brings me to another point. And like NPCs, I mean, going on to a supernatural and and uh, paranormal aspect. I mean, maybe this is a otherworldly simulation, and there are certain people that are just programmed a certain way to just go through the motions so maybe it is all a simulation we're all sometimes really lines up really well mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and I, I think it's also things that we come up with to make ourselves feel better about the mm -hmm. situation mm -hmm. kind of like yeah like if reptilians were running the government honestly that makes me feel a lot better than thinking that humans are really that bad so how yeah. much of it is like us consoling ourselves mm -hmm. you know um but yeah simulation theory makes a lot of sense yeah the, the you know I, I think everyone i think that's why holidays are such a big deal mm -hmm. people always complain about like what's going to happen during thanksgiving dinner or christmas dinner or whatever mm -hmm. You know, because you're going to say something crazy and the whole family like doesn't want to see it or think about mm -hmm. it. They want to talk about like what's what what they're going to eat next. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. Like mundane things. And, and you feel like you're going crazy. Um, maybe it's because they're all NPCs. I don't know. Like, yeah. 
they're all in between. Think about like how like some like there's a certain percentage of the population that doesn't have inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. I can't imagine that. Like they're they're almost like they say like a sociopath doesn't have a I, I can't can't remember if it's a sociopath. Someone like, in a video saying like I don't have inner yeah. dialogue. Yeah, like, I, don't, it, I don't have it, like what are you talking about? Yeah, it's almost similar like that. The difference is like a sociopath just does evil things because they don't have that inner dialogue accordingly. But what if, what if those people, there are certain sociopaths that they don't do anything bad. They just live. I um, mean, yeah. they just they don't have anything in their mind to tell them. They don't have their conscience like that. The little, the old cartoon angel and devil on the right and the left shoulder, like telling them what they shouldn't do or what they should, they just do it. They just do what they, and maybe that's why there's so much misery, why there's so much depression. Maybe. Maybe, maybe they're just running for, oh, I want to be politicians. Yeah. <laughs> they're just failed politicians. So. Yeah. Or, or I mean, actually, they were the newest successful politicians besides the ones that died, so. Yeah, so actually I was going to say they're they're actually very successful. You know the you know the joke here, Andrew. They're yeah. very successful. They then so they they want to be very failed, like Tom Woods. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be Tom Woods. <laughs> so well, let me let, let me ask you something because you mentioned conspiracy theories earlier. Um, now I remember back in the nineties and the two, early two thousands, like listen to the overnight radio and stuff like that, and they would talk about like these animals that would just they find them with all the blood sucked out of them without. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is that yeah, was that like legitimate or was that just? I'm sorry. Wasn't it like the chupacabra? Or are you talking about like when people were finding like, their cows like completely like, drained? Uh, uh, blood? Yeah, cows completely drained the blood, like up in Idaho mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Did you ever like experience that or hear or hear anything like that in person? No. No. Mm-hmm. No, I knew. I remember getting a. There was like a call to action for someone in like Lynn County, Oregon, because a bunch of their cows were found butchered in a field. Clearly, yeah. are like not animals. Mm-hmm. That was a weird thing. I don't actually remember what happened with that. I don't think they ever found anything out. Um, we were all kind of on the lookout, though. Um, I think people just decided that it was like random hungry i don't know it was kind of a weird thing now that you mentioned it i kind of forgot about that but the drain of blood thing no i mean that's obviously aliens yeah i don't know gotta be aliens yeah now you're, now you're speaking my language heck so i was gonna follow that up because it it's amazing like when you when you notice like the these little things that pop up with cattle just lying there just dead on the ground nothing like half the time they're not even dismembered but there there's always like punch injection they, like, like little three they almost look like they look like needle marks they don't even look like fangs or anything it looks like someone injected them with something and then obviously like you said like all the blood there's no blood leaking anywhere it's they're just dead that's like yeah so i mean it's 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 interesting it makes you wonder who or what does this? I mean, could it be a chupacabra? Is it aliens? I mean, could it be just a bunch of uh, psychotic uh, 
TikTokers listening to government algorithms. I don't, I don't know, but there's a lot of unexplained things. I know, and I, I was listening to uh, uh, one of Joe Rogan's recent ones. He had like the alien DHS. Yeah, whistleblower. And I was trying yeah. to tell my husband, I was like, no, this guy's like legit. He testified to Congress. My husband's like, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, no, he's saying things that we haven't heard before. Like he's mm-hmm. literally confirming that they have biological material and tech from mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. And it's never a big deal. And no one's talking about it. And honestly, like 30, 40 years ago, you know, if, if someone, if there was disclosure about UFOs, everyone would be losing their minds. Like, we'd be demanding mm-hmm. answers right now. Like, we want to see the bodies, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and now it's like, oh, yeah, like, we have alien spacecraft. Like, they've been here and they're weird. And, the mm-hmm. end. and we're like, oh, mm-hmm. you know. The, I, think, I think a lot of that is, I mean, the comfort aspect. And then we're just built different now because of, like, the mass cognitive dissonance and the manipulation and then of uh, like the show i mean look at the shows that we're like the longest running show at this moment with aliens is ancient aliens so yeah. now it's like whatever i mean but that's what my husband said he was like well when they say it's real it's no longer interesting yeah. like yeah it's real like because they deny 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 mm-hmm. for so long and mm-hmm. then they're like yeah it's a real thing and everyone's like oh mm-hmm. anyway I mean, you, so, like yeah. what else is on Mm-hmm. yeah i mean you had at one point you had like uh you had the the majestic eight i mean investigations back in like the 50s and the 60s mm-hmm. i mean that recently got somewhat declassified i think it got fully declassified like 10 years ago but declassified obviously redacted on a lot but i mean and that's known but i mean anything else that's they're actively if you watch watch the news like They've actually been actively like saying aliens, they, they they're real. I mean, and you, you the start Pentagon's on, released videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the Pentagon like, And we'll drop another ad. Right? Yeah, go to uh, t.me slash otaku sauce for your memes, your recipes, and Andrew's bald head. Hey, it's very bald. Yeah, it's very bald. So if you come back, uh, check out the Legacy Right. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Like, subscribe. If you uh, head over to the Substack and you pledge $5 a month uh, for my uh, new not really newsletter my perspective pieces and just my stories i mean pay pledge five dollars a month and uh you will get to meet we will figure out a way to set up somewhere where you can meet andrew and rub his bald head he's magic everybody (laughs) so yeah but i'm not pushing it you don't have to i mean uh, no it'd be it'd be nice it'd be nice so um well so but we are we are back yeah so and yes aliens aliens anunnaki things strange things from above uh 
or just uh, government mass manipulation. You know what I mean? Mm. The cognitive dissonance is definitely real in today's day and age. So, I mean, people just, I don't know. Like you said, I mean, we're comfortable. So, yeah. we're so they want to be distracted from reality. Mm-hmm. Reality is really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's cold, it's wet, it's too hot, it's sticky, it's bloody, it's messy. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and then that's my fear is people getting farther and farther from what makes us human, which are the hard mm-hmm. things. This mm-hmm. is not supposed to be easy. I don't care if you're coming from like a atheist perspective or a biblical perspective. Like the human condition is not supposed to be an easy thing. Yeah. That we're supposed to feel all of these hard emotions and go through hardships and challenges. So whenever anything is like advanced to try and make the way easier for us, I just think about that. I don't know if it's a Pixar movie or Disney, but Wally. With like, mm-hmm. you know, the humans and their pods and they're mm-hmm. like been in space for like a thousand years because they destroyed the earth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're just like drinking out of, like, eating out of straws mm-hmm. and just like, they can't even walk. And that, that's kind of horrifying. Like when I think about like advancing technology and like going into space and stuff, it's mm-hmm. like, that's cool. Like the spread humanity throughout the cosmos but at the same time it's like what is that then mm-hmm. like yeah, I'd rather, putting your it, feet on the ground mm-hmm. i mean if, if we're gonna go out in the space and spread i'd like to have like a a star trek reality because that seems like it's i don't know it's it's it not only fun but real like yeah but it's not going to happen anytime soon and when you think about everything that's going on now it's I mean we're not ready for that and I don't think we'll ever ever be ready for that even if we get the technology I mean and like you said I mean just to to be able to set foot on solid ground and walk I mean that's that's the basic aspect of of you of the human condition is to experience life and the smells and the textures of earth i mean the feel the breeze and then what are you going to do on a space station or on a on the enterprise d i mean breathe artificial recycled air so you can survive walk around a, a ship concealed in a vacuum and hope that the that everything is maintained properly i mean there's yeah, like how terrifying like being on a plane is Mm-hmm. Enough. Like I'm in mm-hmm. a cylinder in the sky flying mm-hmm. made by humans. Hopefully it works. Mm-hmm. I, I guess like the idea about space travel is like new frontiers. Like that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. But it'd be nice if we like utilize the resources we have here correctly in the first place, which mm-hmm. we're not doing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, not a, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not a climate change person. I'm not a deep uh, overpopulation person at all. Um, but I do know that we are like totally underusing our resources and overusing mm-hmm. area, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is to the detriment of people's liberty and independence. Like all, mm-hmm. you know, like government monopolies with corporations like Nestle buy up all the land in Africa, mm-hmm. pull the water out. So all the farmers that were farming, totally mm-hmm. farming for a long time, now they're living 
in this very dense, overpopulated city that's garbage. And then yeah. they're like, we're overpopulated. It's like, no, you guys created mm -hmm. the problem. Yeah. You know, reaction solution. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know why people, I can't understand that. I think Ronald Reagan had a had something to say about that. Ronald Reagan of everybody. Of, really? Of, and had had something to say. He said government is the government is not the solution. Or no, how did the saying go? Andrew government is not the solution, it's the problem. No, it didn't didn't go like that. But yeah, it, that it, makes sense though. Yeah, something like the government yeah. The government the government is here to help. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. I do know yeah. that. Yeah. Oh yeah, never like. Never trust the government. Government when it says that the government like, I'm here to yeah. help. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I mean, it it, it comes it it always goes back to centralization and things being too <laughs> big, like the U.S. do too big. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. if you want to regulate within your community with people that all agree because they're in your tiny little communicate like community mm -hmm. about what products are given to your neighbors. That's your choice within your mm -hmm. area. That's agorism. That's that's yeah. that's a functional marketplace and agreement within people that actually impact your life and you impact their mm -hmm. life. And if you don't like it, then you move somewhere else. You know, and and that's the the biggest issue is is that things are just it's just too big. So when I run into like libertarians that are globalists, um, I have a really hard time with that. They're like, yeah. oh, we have globalization. Like, we need no, no, we need to make everything so small, mm -hmm. so small. You know, a hundred person, two hundred and fifty person communities that are totally self reliant, and then they can do this mm -hmm. awesome trade with this other community, this other one, this other one. You don't need to create some big monster that rules mm -hmm. over them that doesn't know anyone in any of these communities or have anything to do with it. Well, I think this versus content. Yeah. So, and I think the the interesting aspect of libertarian globalism, I think the idea of it is kind of okay for what we're already set up as. They're they're more just less intervention, like militarily, politically, and more okay. free trade. I mean, so I guess that's a that's a fair like fixer upper right there. But they're thinking too big. They're thinking they're thinking too broad. Um, in but they're also thinking present right now I think yeah. a lot of them so but yeah I'd rather it be better to have I mean 50 I mean this country's 50 states why not instead of one United States you got you got the setup right there on a lot of 50 50 different countries well why can't we do that with you know, 50 different or 50 different counties in each state all self-reliant and governing of their own i mean and then it goes to the smaller then towns are more independent from the county there, there's supposed to be a, huh because we need roads because we need the roads that's right it all goes back to the roads damn those roads go back to that cobblestone who's gonna who's gonna put that cobblestone down on our roads i mean i forgot who said it and it's like the the cap, the perfect number cap for a community is like two fifty or something, mm. and when you get bigger than that, then uh, politics and social relations start to break down. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fascinating. Like, what if you just had like 
millions of these little 250 they're not gonna like amass an army big enough to like take over the other community they're just like mm -hmm. doing the thing and they're trading with each other and it's like this is the sheep community you know it's yeah. like a problem like this is where they raise the best sheep and we trade with them because we love their sheep mm -hmm. you know and, like we do this and like we're the i don't know like i don't but what I'm asking for and the lens that I'm looking at things is uh, it would require a complete destruction of everything that we know. Mm. It comes with a, we're not, there, there's no like moving forward into that. Yeah. And that's what I realized was that we cannot move forward into greater things through our political processes anymore. Like I was involved in politics. I, I worked on a bunch of campaigns, very into politics. And I just got burnt out because I was having these realizations being like, humanity doesn't progress backwards. And a lot of the solutions that we need are behind us mm -hmm. that we can go back to. Politics will never take us there. Mm -hmm. It only wants to march forward. Um, and I, I can't be a part of that. I don't, there, yeah. it, they, we can't get to those solutions by marching forward. Mm -hmm. and um well i look at it like this like anybody that gets into politics they get it in get into politics for two reasons on the local level because they're most of the time anymore because it's all been in at least in our country it's all been nationalized and federalized and nobody cares on the local the local level, even the state level, it's welfareism. It's just job security, easy paycheck, basically living off the public tit. And then the other reason is power and influence and legacy, really. And I mean, and the, the, the legacy is very dangerous. Legacy, but like I remember um, wondering about that, like, okay, like let's say you're a really powerful politician like everyone, even the worst people feel completely validated in whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can get horrible, Hitler, horrible guy, did a bunch mm -hmm. of bad stuff. He, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, felt validated in what he was doing. Stalin felt validated in what he was doing. Paul Pot mm -hmm. validated in what he was doing. Um, mm -hmm. So, these politicians that are doing things that are clearly bad for liberty and individual freedom or a country or whatever, they feel validated for whatever reason for what they're doing. But when it comes to the fact that like they're destroying like the topsoil and the food production for their future generations, why are they doing this? It's not about money. Okay, mm -hmm. then it's about power. But really, at the end of the day, everything we're doing is biologically driven for our legacy. Mm -hmm. They're destroying, like, the food systems for their legacy. Like, why? Mm -hmm. That's that's an, that's an area that I get stuck often. Being like, yeah, they're evil, but they're not just, like, stupid evil. I hope. I don't know. Are they... Everyone's well, think, yeah. for their legacy. So... Mm -hmm. Well, I think the politicians typically are pretty stupid. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're puppets. I mean, but I think it goes, it can go deeper. And I'm just, I mean, to go way down into the rabbit hole and onto a globalist level, I mean, you got a tiny group of elites 
that are inherently they held a legacy they're inherent they're they've inherited their wealth and their influence from long ago and they want to bring back like the old aristocracy the the old aristocracy the old feudal days where you had like a divine rights of kings type of scenario and you had the nobility you had this caste system and then you can control the masses a lot better if we're dumb illiterate and are dependent on the aristocrats of where to live of what to, of what to eat of what to work and that's i mean that's feudalism like 101 and i think a lot of that might have something to do with why they want to destroy food systems i mean food security and and etc i mean basically undo everything that we as human beings have innovated in pursuing to become better and then go backwards. Yeah. Um, no, feudalism is, it's very real. Like mm -hmm. I, I talk about how they want us, you know, sick, poor, and dumb. Mm -hmm. They don't want us dead. They just want us like barely functioning. They want mm -hmm. us like dependent on that sweet, sweet, like pharma teat. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of their money, and mm -hmm. we're not strong enough to like fight back or really think that clearly. But we're still showing up to the grindstone. We're still working. We're still paying our taxes. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're still so busy with surviving that we're gonna go fight each other for that sweet TV deal. Mm. You know, Black Friday or, or or you know, freak out for the the popular sports ball team yeah. you know which is which is all fine and dandy but that's that's really where that's where they want us mm -hmm. that's that's where they want us they don't they don't want us to be strong and independent i mean if i if i was a dictator yeah they're doing it perfectly that's mm -hmm. almost would, oh go ahead no i mean how would you be a dictator and not want to just crush people into that into that level you don't want to breed mm -hmm. a bunch of smart mm -mm. liberty-minded individuals oh yeah that's one reason why they all they always go for the intellectuals before anything the intellectuals mm -hmm. are the ones that everybody in academia are the first ones to go as yeah. soon as you have a despot first uh, the the it was paul pot I mean, paul pot literally rounded up every intellectual I mean, took them and made sure they went out to the fields and shot them all dead. I yep. mean, Stalin had his purges. Hitler had, I mean, Hitler made made sure that if if you were going to, all the intellect was either going to be within the Nazi party or you're dead. <laughs> so, I mean, and I think that's, I see a little bit of like World War II in our day and age on a global le level in, in politics and of course it goes back to like operation paperclip and all this the the chase for all the nazi scientists so we can so our governments can create new technologies at the expense of people but like germany lost world war ii but the nazis won <laughs> i mean they really did because i mean they're what they're doing is they're doing exactly what we were fighting against or so they say we were fighting against in World War II. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And that's also why we didn't oppose Stalin and the Holodomer. 
like mm-hmm. just, we're absorbing all mm-hmm. of our scientists and everything you know we don't want to make mm-hmm. a fuss about it it's okay mm-hmm. like it's not happening and so then you have this beautiful integration of fascism and communism which are all too similar very very similar and it's also interesting like if you look into the middle east issues today and um on the global level and um where it goes back all the way to the 19th century the zionist movement and then world war one and the the british and the french the the sykes uh pico uh deal secretly provided and then came out into the public um that's went against other treaty, other agreements and split the Middle East in half between France and Great Britain and created the the French controlled Syrian uh, region, most of Iraq, most of Syria, created the Palest- the Palestinian mandate that Great Britain controlled. I mean, it's almost like what the Holocaust happened for the murder of the Jews, like it was meant to happen so that the allies could come in save the day and then have a reason to create this jewish state this lonesome jewish state in the middle middle east which for the most part is just a european colony i mean not to say that i disagree with jews i mean i myself is a descendant of of a jew but the fact is is it's just it's control, it's power, and it's to give this movement something. And it just so happens that you had Zionism peak after World War One, and then you had the experimentation of the transplants into Palestine that led into various violent ordeals, like the 1929 uh, uh, riots, um, which killed hundreds. Um, and then you had the Nazis murder close to six million Jews, and we and the world went to war again with those six million Jews being murdered and displaced. What? Why not? Why not put the plan to to fruition? Now they now they have a place, but you're also pushing other people away that have experienced that life in that region for at least two thousand years since the Jews during diaspora have been gone. They've been everywhere. They've been everywhere, but the Holy land for 2000 years. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I I can only go back to like, you know, United States, like every country, like non-interventionism. Like I, Mm -hmm. I, at this point, I didn't realize that until I was arguing with people about this whole situation in the Middle East and my complete disinterest in it, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm a total ice, uh, ice isolationist. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly like, yeah, build, build the wall, build, build the wall around every country and do your thing and get some super awesome economic powerhouse from what you can create right there and then trade with each other. It's going to be awesome. And, you know, have some super great national defense, pull all of your bases away from every why are why are we there i don't get it i don't understand why we're the only ones that have ever dropped a nuclear bomb on anyone and we're allowed to be the watchdogs of the world like really like that was really um i would rather pull out of everywhere do our thing mm -hmm. over here and people are like but they're gonna 
build up an army and come attack us. Like probably not if we stop attacking them and invading mm-hmm. their country. They're probably going to be like, oh God, great. Now we can put our money towards our economies and building up and make the, making this a great country now that America yeah. has left. Mm-hmm. People get mad about that. I try not weigh in on the conflict over there because mm-hmm. I, I just, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting because at in the twenties and the thirties, the Arabs, the Air, the the Arab representatives there, um, led by like I think his name was Faisal at the time, but like at the end of World War One, like these Arab representatives actually wanted the United States to be the intermediary because we didn't, we didn't, we weren't the power that we obviously would eventually become, and we were actually favored the non-interventionalist style like let them just live side by side stop messing everything up stop go backdooring agreements for your own secret deals like we were on the side of the people in that region jew arab what it didn't matter so and effectively we got turned down and and the agreements the site the the sykes pico agreement went through and you had the the powers of france and britain take over so I mean, it's all fascinating, but at the same time, why are we over there now in today's world? The central bank, the petrodollar, it all comes and down war to interest. Yeah, war interest is the commodity of oil and what the U.S. dollar has to be backed by, considering there's nothing backing it. And it's in a 2030, really. Mm-hmm. Everything that I do and say is through that lens. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate. That's where it's going. Well, sometimes you got to be careful because neutrality can kind of be kind of a toxic thing too. Because like Europe mostly just stays out of the Middle East, right? But now they have all these people coming in from the Middle East because of all the 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 war that's been going on over there, and they need somewhere to go. And so they're kind of pulling what the original Israelis did, and they're coming over to Europe in large numbers so that they can overshadow the population and and run the show. So that that can be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what uh, I I like the idea of isolationism and just let me let me just deal with let me mark let me farm my my memes on the internet and run my house in my one acre lot uh, in Indiana. So, and just maintain. So. No, it's true. I mean, global issues do tend to bleed over. Um, so we can't completely ignore it, which is mm-hmm. why I can't. But at the end of the day, it's, yeah, focusing on what's going on here at home that a lot of people mm-hmm. are not paying attention to because they're paying attention to these global things, which are also mm-hmm. important. But Mm-hmm. same time there's all these things you know mm-hmm. freedoms being slowly peeled away yeah cold yeah. and people are just it's just not as exciting to mm-hmm. pay attention. you know like people people get really excited about activism uh when it's not an election year and then the election year rolls around everyone's like we gotta vote like we gotta campaign for this person and do this mm-hmm. thing and mm-hmm. it's like about all it's like activism that kind of mm-hmm. transcends all of that because it's all the time like it's the purpose of the thing 
And they're like, no, but this person's going to save us. You know, we have to, I'm like, okay. So, like, I always hold my breath during campaign years because it's like, okay, when whenever you guys come back to reality, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll be still doing the thing. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. go to, to work. Yeah, it's, it's the most important election. The most important of election of our life. Every, every four years. Yeah. And it's like I, I know I know good people that are in you know smaller office. Like I'm not discounting that, but it's the way that people completely shift their like fundamental visions because yeah. it's an election year. Like everyone loses their mind. I'm like, hey, like what about all these like you know programs and workshops and like trying to network with people and like build up this cause and they're like well i really got to focus on this election i'm like okay mm -hmm. you know and and yeah i just i've gotten to the point now with politics that i don't i don't think that it's the solution no uh, never problem. never was it's always been the problem so well one one final question for me, and that's we'll we'll go we'll we'll go into the deep dive of what uh, what in your perspective on how do we get away from politics? So how do what is the best way to get people to understand that maybe we shouldn't be voting our lives away? Yeah. So um, and shifting away from that into a more anti political structure. Okay. Yeah. So I did a lot of protests and rallies and um, like flag waves and like all sorts of stuff um, during 2020, 2021. And uh, I realized through it that I was doing exactly what the government wanted us to do. Mm -hmm. It's cathartic. You go out into the street and you scream until you can't scream anymore. And then you mm -hmm. go home and you pat yourself on the back and you say, yay, we fought for liberty, you know, mm -hmm. and that's it. And it's a really safe place for you to be put, to go out there and to protest and yell mm -hmm. and rallies where people say things. And people are like, yeah, but it's not functionally doing anything. Mm -hmm. um, the same thing with voting for people. I I don't know. I don't want to dissuade people from from voting for for a very small office, um, but at the same time, counter economics are the most powerful way to combat and fight back against the government. If you can no longer depend on them for services that you need to be able to fulfill your life, you're in a very powerful position. And being able to set up your community in ways where you don't have to depend on the government is far more powerful than voting. The more people that you can put into your network where we're not going to use your schools, we're not going to use your hospitals, we're not going to use your police or your security systems, we're not going to use your banks. Like it's all of these are human creations. We can create them again and you can do it on a very small scale. You know, and I, I know that there's still dependency on the systems, especially like the medical ones, but there's also ways that you can disengage. Like you don't need to go all, all, all your well baby visits. Maybe you should look mm -hmm. into home birth. Uh, maybe you should look into getting.
getting food from your local uh, neighborhood farm instead of going to the grocery store. Like at least explore those different avenues and see what you can do to divest from the government because we learned in 2020 how they could just strangle mm-hmm. people, uh, by blocking them from things that they need that were essential. Just like people were doing a uh, uh, maskless shopping. And I was pretty uh, adamant during that whole time that, that that was a waste of time. Why do you, why, these are private businesses. They can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Like We do not need to go in there and demand that they serve us. Same mm-hmm. thing at school board meetings, you know, demanding that they let our kids back in school. And then it was like, wait, why <laughs> do we want our kids here in the first place? You know, yeah. same thing with hospitals, mm-hmm. saving people from the hospitals that honestly created from their interventions in the first place, they created the entire situation in the first place. Yeah. So there's there's a, a mindset and a cultural shift that needs to happen that not everyone's ready for, and that's okay. Um, but yeah, figuring out how you can divest from the system, mm-hmm. actually create dependence interdependence in your community is the most powerful first step yeah it's it's all about options well i have a two-part question just real quick to see your perspective before we wrap everything up um first part is that roger varied from uh who runs bitcoin.com and big in the crypto scene he's he said uh he became a real american when he left what do you think about that do you think that's that's an option for people? He became a real American, so he became an expatriate. Yeah, yes. That, yes. That, that was his. That was his. That was his big quote: "Was I became a real American when I left." That, that's kind of butchering it, but I mean, it's just a short quote. So, like, he could really appreciate like, American values after he left, or like. He mm-hmm. he was allergic to the way that the politicians were manipulating and, and abusing people, and mm. so you know the American legacy is divorce. So he divorced America. Go go ahead. It doesn't matter where where you live. Like America is America is a grand experiment. It mm-hmm. had never been done before at the time that it happened. The founders, I think, had good intentions. I think it was a really beautiful idea that they came up with. And clearly it became corrupted along the way. And I don't think that a original American vision was ever allowed to actually come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really cool thing. Um, a lot of other countries have their own battles that are being fought and people that also want their own liberty. Um, mm-hmm. You can have American ideals or liberty ideals uh, from any country, regardless of where you live. Hmm. So, and it's, it's interesting, I mean, if I can bring that up, because, I mean, because uh, another guy that, that we follow, is, his name is Andrew Henderson with Nomad Capitalism, and his most famous saying he, he always says is, go where you'll be treated best, and it's interesting to follow up on that. Um, a lot of uh, Americans are going down to Mexico. I mean, is, I mean, if uh, do you have anything on that, on why that why you would think that would probably be the case. I mean, I, I, I kind of understand a little bit, but I want to get your perspective on that as well. I mean, coming like if you're coming from America to a country that's, 
third world or less mm -hmm. America, you're going to be in a better position in that mm -hmm. other country than you will be in America. So then money really is an avenue to freedom. You know, it, it really is. That's mm -hmm. the you know, in cap perspective. If mm -hmm. you have to generate your own wealth, then you can generate your own freedoms as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that, that I think that's why you would do better in a different country. Mm -hmm. He basically asked the second question in my head, so. <laughs> well, go go ahead, Andrew. Praise oh, no, that, that, that was that was basically the, was the, second, literally the, question. the second part. Oh, yeah, was it really? Oh well, yeah. I'm, I'm stealing we, your thought. We think too well. Uh, yeah. We yeah way way too well. Say it, and we can edit him out just so he doesn't steal your thunder. Just okay, just, yeah. There you go. Just edit me out and make it sound <laughs> like you said it. <laughs> so, but uh, actually, speaking of bringing up Roger Ver, though, I know that Andrew, he always likes to bring this up in every one of our episodes. So, if you want to, yeah, I know you want to, I know you're dying to bring something more up on the cryptosphere. You mentioned um, it a little. Well, I just didn't. Are, are you particular in cryptosphere? Do you know much about it, or are you just kind of an out, outside watching, watching from the outside? You're asking me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, very on the outside. Very. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I have, I have only so much room in my brain for for things. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe another conversation down the road. So. Definitely, definitely, and 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 if you if you want to if you want to follow each other and and uh, you can get with Andrew, he can he can teach you so yeah. much. Crypto. I would love that. I so, would love that. Yeah, yeah, I like. Yeah, I know if I embark on that and try and like teach myself, like I'm very um. I have um. What's it called? Uh, Hyper focus. Mm -hmm. yeah when i get excited about something it becomes everything for a while until i feel like i've absorbed it so i'm mm -hmm. nervous about putting my foot in that because i don't want it i don't have time to do that whole yeah. thing yeah no that sounds like something um y'all need to get with each other and, and andrew he knows so much. he's been in the crypto since the beginning for the most part so he can definitely that okay, was 17 dollars yeah Mm -hmm. my husband and i invested 200 dollars in like bitcoin or something in 2015 that, and we pulled it out like a couple months later and now i'm kind of mad that we uh, should have waited should have waited till oh that big I just felt like it was i was like it's too late like we already mm -hmm. missed the boat what's the point like i need that mm -hmm. we need that money this is stupid like it's too late to invest Mm-hmm. Well, it's never too late to invest. And I, I think and one thing about Bitcoin, and Andrew, you can cut me off and since you know more about this, but one thing about Bitcoin is after the big old 2017 bubble, um, and it's its first tremendous peak where it hurt hit twenty thousand for the first time, um, you started seeing the rush for Bitcoin. And then you also started seeing um, a, a more decentral, decentralized classification of people within the Bitcoin sphere that realized Bitcoin's being hijacked and kind of being consolidated that earlier on. And so they 
fork they they did the first fork and that's how bitcoin cash was created and which uh tell me if i'm wrong andrew but it, bitcoin cash in itself has been forked how many times since the original um i believe two yeah so it's been forked twice twice more after that and it's actually kind of maintained its value like if you want to coincide with the dollar amount it maintains that 200 dollar mark like constantly like as bitcoins have you've seen it's it's fallout like it's kind of done its dips bitcoin cash it's not as volatile when when measured up to the dollar at least so Hmm. it's only like the utility of it is exactly what the original founder or founders depending on if it was multiple people that created bitcoin there it was almost like what their vision is is bitcoin cash which is a utility of medium of exchange now we just got to get people and a make, store value yeah and a store value and fungibility mm-hmm. yep so i mean if i could find like i'm sure it's a thing to just like have someone that knows what they're doing with crypto and just like have them invest money for you yeah then i would do that mm-hmm. so well, anything else? We, this has been um, a a wild episode, that's for sure. Yeah. We've been all over the place. We <laughs> have yeah. going down these tangents like UFOs, and this is great. Mm, I loved it. So it, it's been it's been fun. It's been a great conversation. Uh, wouldn't mind actually bringing you back on again. Maybe we can expand even further. Um, sure. Maybe maybe on one. Maybe stay on more more than maybe stay on like the one topic that we probably should stay on but it's been fun it's always great going down rabbit holes and back out and going to this and that it's always great to learn different perspectives of course so any anything else in in your corner andrew no i'm pretty good thanks for all right us. so and then uh i'll let you have the floor one final time sandra and you can plug away where people can find you and what's your what's your lifestyle is and 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 uh what's what what's next for sanja agora um yeah so my name is sonia agora thank you so much for having me on here um i'm mostly on twitter i do youtube under the same name um but i'm just a regenerative farmer i teach uh small farming classes i teach butchery Uh, my mother is a butcher i'm her apprentice i've been doing it for a little over 11 years. Um, and I also have just started my small farm consultation business. So I'm going and traveling to people's farms and teaching them how to kind of make things more efficient and make the animals actually do their job instead of you just spending money on animals running around your farm. So anyways, I love talking about agorism. I love talking about libertarianism. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been super fun. It has. It has. Thank you for coming on. So it's been fabulous. So, uh, so to transition out of this, uh, this has been another episode of the Legacy. Right, I am once again the Legacy of Jennifer Lee and Kaiser. I am Zachary Kaiser. This is Andrew Joseph. Didn't miss it. And uh, thank you once again for coming on, Sanja. And uh, make sure you follow her if you haven't already. So keep on keep tabs so 
other than that, let's get on out of here and uh, jump back on the train to go to our next destination, Andrew. Peace. Hopefully not. Yep. Peace.